Welcome to the MS Gym Podcast. I'm your host, Jody Feltham, and it's about to get real as we listen to the victories and struggles of our own MS Gym members. So let's dive in. When we live with a chronic illness like MS, we are often faced with losses. So often we feel like we have to say goodbye to our hopes, dreams, and aspirations. The doors that were once opened before us are now closed. But I hope that after listening to today's podcast, we realize more and more that the wisdom and lessons that we learn in life are never lost or wasted. They are just repurposed. Hello, MS Gym family. So glad you can join us for another podcast episode here on the MS Gym podcast. Today, I actually have um, a lovely fellow Canadian, a few hours for me, but um, I'm glad to uh, learn more about Kim. So Kim, thank you so much for joining me today. Happy to be here. <laughs> Wonderful. So Kim, how did, how did MS show up in your story, in your life? I was diagnosed with MS at the age of 33. Um, it, it came on very suddenly. Apparent, like The initial instance was very sudden, it seemed to me. Looking back after the diagnosis, I see things that were clues that I had missed at the time. And what, what were some of these first symptoms that kind of got your attention to get investigated? Well, it was always called Klutzy Kim by my mom. <laughs> so I was always tended to be a little bit clumsy. Mm. Um, uh, MS, looking back now, retrospectively, I see that I had some difficulties with dexterity mm. and um, sensory changes, numbness, tingling in my feet and extremities and whatnot um, years ago. But I had totally missed those. And I'm not sure they were ever linked in. But looking mm. back now, I think that probably I had clues that something was going on for many years prior to when my actual diagnosis happened. So when I was actually diagnosed, I um, became uh, somewhat impacted or par some paralysis throughout my left side of my body. Oh. Um, so it appeared to come on very suddenly, mostly because I just trugged on and on and on and I just didn't stop. A little bit of numbness or tingling or a little bit of the odd symptom that seemed to come and go didn't seem to mean much at the time. I just kept going. Mm. So how did how did that change after you're diagnosed? And then so you're diagnosed and you have this numbness and tingling. Is your reaction to it any different? Are you still trying to trot through it or are you paying more attention to what's going on? Well, my initial um, diagnosis was a crisis sort of thing. So I used to work in uh, mental health and I worked in a, a psychiatric clinic with a specialized psychiatrist. And um, I arrived at work, but I couldn't lift my left leg to get it out of the car to oh, get up. Wow. Okay. So I got to work and I was having troubles with my hands. I was having trouble with my left side. I finally did get myself out of the car and go to go into work and I almost fell down. Um, and then I kind of stumbled my way in there and I said to the doctor, I know I'm late. I'm sorry. Um, I'm struggling a little bit today more than usual. Let's uh, just carry on. I'm not going to set you behind. Um, and he said, Kim, this is what we call sick. 
I think you should go home and make an appointment with your doctor and follow up. I said, oh, no, I don't feel sick. I'm not sick mm. at all. I can carry on. And I went home and then was seen by neurologists the next day. And um, I was continuing to go downhill. I, at that time, my face was kind of drooping, asymmetrical on both sides. Um, anyways, he said, how long has that been going on? Well, I, it was new to, to me at the time. I had no idea. Um, so I said, I don't know. Anyway, I, w I was brought into the hospital. I went for a brain biopsy. And in the brain biopsy, I was diagnosed with MS. Uh, I have never heard of a, a brain biopsy. Maybe it's got a different name to it. I'm like, that sounds very invasive. Well, yes, I was diagnosed with tumefactive MS, so it looks oh, like a tumor. We do have a couple of people in the MOC that have the same kind of experience. So you said diagnosed at 33, um, yeah. kind of the prime of your life. What what exactly? So you're you're working um, in this mental health facility, and did you have children at that point? Were you married at that point? I was divorced, and I had. My kids were 10 and 14 at the time. So it was a very busy time for me. And I was very proud to have been brought on to this team. I was only working there for two years, really still feeling like I really needed to prove myself. That would, that would be hard on so many levels, obviously dealing with a diagnosis, but then kind of your goals and your aspirations in, in regards to this job. Like you said, you've been working yeah. for a few years to get into that role. So that kind of, the, like the proverbial rug from underneath your feet, kind of. It, oh, yes. It, it interrupted life, for sure. Yes. Okay. And I wanted so badly just to go back, go back, go back. But it took a long time to recover from the surgery. So kind of how did things kind of, move in your MS journey? Did you, after this, you recovered from this relapse? Did you go back to your job or did you decide it was too stressful or? I wish I had made a decision in the process. Um, I was never able to return to work and my disease process, like I recovered from the surgery about 18 months after. And, um, I, it took me very, very long. It was 18 months before I was able to move around by my own volition and feel in charge of my body and, and be awake. I was very, very, very fatigued a lot of the time. So I would doze in and out of sleep, which was hard on my uh, children. There were a couple of blessings in the mix because after my divorce, I bought a house next to my parents. So in those two years, I had, since my separation and divorce, I was living next to my parents. So my kids would got used to running back and forth between the houses. And um, it was a great support to me. And because they were old enough at 10 and 14, they didn't have to be completely uprooted mm. in this time. So my parents were next door. They came back and forth, took care of me and the kids. And made it easier for everyone a little bit that we were so close but still had privacy and separation mm -hmm. no that's that's uh that's awesome and it and it's interesting because my parents they have a summer home and they have their winter home and it's actually pretty much across the street for me now so you know when you're younger you think oh I don't know that I want to live that close to my parents but 
certainly with you know a chronic illness and stuff it's it is a blessing to be close to family or or loved ones so how did you find the ms gym since obviously this is the ms gym podcast well you know really um trevor was oxygen in a vacuum for me Mm um um i he was newly launching into his um or his videos on YouTube. Mm. And I knew another member from another forum who mentioned the MS gym. And I started catching Trevor's live videos mm. right from nearly the beginning. I don't think I was an OG exactly, but in 2017, for sure, I jumped on board. I think it had already been happening for about a couple of months before. As part of the paid membership, we have something called the Members Only Corner, and that's kind of a community for people at all different stages of MS and even other neurological conditions. But it's a a wonderful place uh, that's always active because it's international, so there's always people in there, and it's a great place to post struggles or successes or just life in general with MS because... The general population has no idea what we go through. So, so I spent some time and I was looking at some of your posts from um, one to four years ago, I guess. And it, it's been incredible seeing your own journey, just seeing from when you posted. Um, and one of the things that stands out most to me is you have such a stellar mindset. Like you may have a really negative thing to post, like something really hard that happened to you. And by the end of your post, you have flipped it around into a positive. And how did you get to that place? How do you move from that place of challenge and difficulty to suddenly looking at things a different perspective and say, that's not exactly what I would have wanted, but I can also see a silver lining to this very dark cloud. Yeah. So I think that the MS gym has been a great ally in helping me to build into my mindset um, different checkpoints, mentally and physically, um, that help me to maintain independence and self-determination. So from the most difficult of experience, I'm really always trying to focus in on, okay, I didn't want, want it to happen this way, but now that I'm here, How can I continue on to have the best outcome for myself that that shows that I'm still in control of my body in spite of my disability or my challenges? Um, And what can I learn from this? Mm, That, Kim, honestly, that is very inspirational. I feel convicted in, in, in my own spirit because I know when something happens that I don't want to, I'm more likely to throw myself a pity party or to to grumble. But for you to, I'll, I'll call it maturity or experience in a way that you can flip that dynamic, you can flip that switch around and actually do something productive because sitting in, sitting in the muck for an extended period of time does nothing to help us move forward. So... Mm-hmm. Absolutely true. And I think that's a message that I would want anyone newly diagnosed to have is that um, if you just stay where you're at and and not jump on sort of the emotion train, 
Mm. Um, which we, we always will do, but even if we find ourselves there and flowing on that emotion train and really feeling the sadness, it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel frustrated. It's okay to feel any of the feelings that we feel. It would be really angry that this happened or this kind of thing keeps happening. But at the end of the day, I always want to be able to say, okay, that's enough of the emotion. How can I best end this story? And in this moment, what are the things that I can use that I have available to me to have the best possible out- outcome? Wow, that yeah. that is that is a winner attitude, Kim, I have to say. My independence and self-determination is really, really important to me. Mm. And, and I'm sure a part of that is being an advocate for yourself too. I'm sure you've had to go up to bat many times for, oh, for, sure. for, for, to maintain your independence in this. So, yeah, we also need to know when just to throw the cards in, right? We need mm. to know like, how far are we going to push things? It's important to advocate for ourselves, but it's really important that we have, a, you know, one of those checkpoints for myself is do I have the energy mm. to, to carry this out and is this the best way to spend my energy my heart my energy my alertness my time my like how much investment is this really worth (laughs) Mm -hmm. no it sounds it is true we do have to be strategic living with ms or chronic illness like you know the whole spoon theory you know you have to decide what's worth giving your spoons up for we can have different events in our life where you know like going to someone's wedding might take up like spoons for our entire week yes it's it's a point that we really want to invest in and so we're willing to do the sacrifice it is very so what what are your passions what what is it that you like to do when you're not exercising them as ms gym or motivating other people in the members only corner what what is it that your heart beats for MS support groups virtually and in person really encompass a lot of my life. Mm. And I love that about the I love that about the MS gym and its paid membership that that the community that has been established allows me to ne- like you say we're, you know, a nationwide uh, mm. program so there's often always someone online. But even in my buddy groups um which are another little benefit, a little gem of the MS gym, um, that we have small groups of people that meet regularly through video chats or just online um, to support one another. I'm so thankful that my diagnosis unfolding happened in a time when there was an active MS community in my community. So there was bricks and mortar and people behind um, that you had face-to-face interactions with. And there are a couple of uh, little groups that continue to run that started in those days under the leadership of the MS gym that are now just um, like self uh, a support group of, of mutual people. Um, so I go to um, different groups um, for support in person and, and activity and mem- like just companionship. Um, it's really nice to have relationships in real life as well as online um, through the MS gym. So what are you looking to accomplish? Like when you think about the MS gym or you think about what's coming up this summer or in the next year or so, what, what are your goals, whether mentally or physically? Like what are you, what are you working towards? 
I've really learned and I've come to respect the power that is MS mm. to take. And I've learned that I really have to be as um, defensive as possible. So I need to be able to maintain what I have. Like, I really need to maintain a desperate grip on it and continue to invest in building and building to get stronger. So I continue to still live next door to my parents. And with the turn of the pandemic and outcomes, my daughter and grandson have lost their housing. So my daughter and my grandson live next door. So, you know, part of that um, sort of generational back and forth continues to happen. So my parents are aging. My daughter and grandson are living downstairs. And um, so my grandson is now running back and forth where when I was first diagnosed and ill, my parents were a big support to my children. Well, oh, okay. now I feel like things have turned a little bit where um, my daughter and my grandson living next door, um, my parents are helping to look after them now still and being a support to me. But I also can be a part of the solution in the mix mm -hmm. when my daughter has work meetings or things to accomplish that she needs a bit of support. My grandson can run over and spend some time with me. And uh, in in one of my sort of preparing and thinking about the kinds of questions you were going to ask, I, I was uh, asked, um, you know, what kind of accommodations or adaptations I've had to make to spend time with my grandson. Mm -hmm. Well, with him living next door, he has been a big part of the changes in my own health mm -hmm. and, and my needs in terms of assistance. Um, so he is quite familiar with me and my limitations and, and whatnot. And he is at almost six years old now, mm. a little master about um, adaptation. And, and he wants me to be a part of everything he does. Mm. So he's often, he'll come over and say, okay, grandpa's coming home from work. I'm going to play soccer with him. We'll set up the goals. We want you to be the coach and the scorekeeper and we want you to have the whistle and you to call the goals and, and whatever from my porch. So I, like he wants me to be involved in any everything and that makes me so happy and it just gives me so much hope about the future. And mm -hmm. I think that, you know, you know, it's MS was no gift to anybody but it gives me hope that adaptation, inclusion, and community will be things that this young generation moving forward will have a sensitivity to. You know, hope is such a, a good word because honestly, as you were saying those words, I felt so hopeful and so happy inside, like thinking about your grandson and the man that he will grow into and be full of compassion. And like you said, inclusivity, and all of those things, like he's going to be a voice because, you know, his his grandma means the world to him. You know, like just like you read about, you know, these young people and they become doctors because, you know, their parent or the grandparent had a specific disease or diagnosis. And then they create these amazing things or these medication or these, you know, semi cures. So it it's it's incredible the relationship that you've still been able to have. Um, even with the diagnosis, just, just the way, like you said, things 
kind of in or intergenerational like it's it's that that's really encouraging and you know that's got to warm your heart too that your grandson wants to spend time with you he doesn't he doesn't see your disability he sees no perhaps perhaps the limitations or the accessibility things you have but he does not place your value on point with your with your abilities and I think I think that's so refreshing because I think growing up I think so much of what what we're taught is what we do is what we're worth so yes 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 and so much of my identity in my early career days was about building myself up to show the world that I actually had something of value to offer Mm. and how devastating when I lost my career to think that you know that I had put all of my eggs in that basket that my career was going to be the place where I would really shine and to think that in living with limitation and disability, we can still really shape the world by being, by showing up as we are, showing mm-hmm. up as our best selves in spite of all of those things. We all have struggles. You know, my little perfectly healthy grandson has struggles, right? So when he comes over, we help to kind of tease them out and pick them apart and build him back up. And I think how that that would have been an opportunity I would have never ever imagined that I would have as a disabled adult. That that's fantastic. So you've got you've got your online support communities, you've got your in-person support communities. Obviously your parents are nearby and then your daughter and grandson. So it sounds like you have a pretty well established support system. I have a wonderful partner And I'm so fortunate to be a part of the direct funding program that allows me to hire some in-home help. Um, So that takes some of the burden off of my partner to do all of the things that need to be done to help to facilitate a rich and full life for myself. Um, So I do have caregivers that come in and help me most days to get dressed and to clean and to do the laundry and the meal prep and whatnot. So I'm so thankful that we live in a country that offers us this kind of support. Absolutely. And, and yeah, direct funding is a Canadian initiative. So, um, you know, it's something that you should definitely check out in your, when your own country, if you're not in Canada, there are, there are resources out to help. And I think I remember as you were bridging that gap of going into direct funding, it, it is a little bit of humble pie initially oh, absolutely. To, to admit or to speak out uh, that your life could be easier with some with some assistance around the house or with personal care yes. like it's, yes. it's it's a point it's an obstacle you jump over and then after you're like why did I wait so long for myself because I'm also part of the program I think every time one of my characters comes in I'm like what an incredible blessing this is like I'm, yes. I'm so thankful to you like it's so full of gratitude for the people that come in to take some of that burden off me can I share a little anecdote about that oh, of course you can so one of my they call them attendants mm-hmm. I was actually on a buddy group call with a group of people um that were from other countries actually and they had um they had caregivers coming in and we were talking about the term caregiver Mm. and I was like, it just feels dirty in my mouth because I'm such an independent 
person that really values my own uh, self-determination and um, takes ownership of tasks for me not to be able to do the very simplest of things is very, very humbling, as you said. Um, so I was talking to them about why I feel that the term caregiver takes away all of those things about myself that I love. Mm. And um, she was here cleaning in the background. Her mom has MS and is also on the program. Wow. So she grew up having familiarity with the program mm. and afterwards when I hung up and talked to her she said Kim were you talking about me and I said yeah like when I was talking about the help that I get and how difficult it is to accept it and that you as my caregiver I'm so thankful for what you do but it really is hard and she said I'm a caregiver she said Kim I don't think for you I just do the things that you can't do for yourself which is exactly the tenets of the program right it's to facilitate independence she's like yeah. I'm not thinking for you I'm just carrying out tasks that you can't do and I thought that was a beautiful almost an anecdote to the program and its success that that is that is that is incredible and and what a what a different and added dynamic to it the fact that she knows ms because she grew up in that like it would give her a different perspective and and she, she sees her mom as a fully functional capable yeah. adult that she respects and looks up to so mm -hmm. there's another generational twist right yeah. no that's that's incredible so we've talked about your amazing mindset has it has it always been like that and do sometimes does it do you sometimes get stuck in the muck? Like, is there some things that happen that just you have a hard time shaking off? Oh, yeah. Again and again and again and again. Um, and I think that about my career, that honestly, sometimes it's a little bit stunning to look back and think, was I actually drawn into this field to prepare my own self for mm. what was to come? Because um, there's a lot of difficult stuck in the mud sort of days and situations mm -hmm. um, that are so, so challenging. And yes, absolutely. I uh, spend a lot of time in the dark in my heart and really working hard to always see the light and see the hope and see the solution and see the, um, yeah. I I think actually that's a huge takeaway from the MS gym and and that that's something that's really just changed my life mm -hmm. is that ability to just really break things down and when things seem really really big and huge all we can do is break them into manageable little pieces and if I've learned anything from the MS gym it's that those little tiny repeated tasks again and again and again, and sometimes one more time or five more times or 12 more times is all it takes to initiate a change and make a connection. And I find that in my exercise that the, the, the hope and the inspiration from the concept that sometimes all you have, all you can do is imagine it different. Hmm. So my legs not moving sometimes there's really nothing I can do about that I can get really really down and stuck or I can just 
remember what it felt like to be able to control that and make it happen without any effort. And, you know, again and again and again, so many times I've just been illuminated by hope when after trying and trying and trying and trying and trying and nothing happening and then it's something happens it's like whoa celebrate that and see that and hold on keep trying for that moment that is a huge takeaway that i've taken from the ms gym and i think it started that kind of mindset started that was planted when i was doing my work in mental health where those you know, people are dealing with um, symptoms that are way beyond the experience of what it, anyone else would normally experience. Mm. So it, in that there's parallels, right? So in, in my work, I had to help people be able to pause, to process, and then make it as small as it needed to be to feel like you could act one more time, just one more time. Mm. So that's been hugely, hugely thankful. And I'm so thankful for the MS gym to reinforce those kind of teachings. Mm -hmm. We can't always change everything. We can't always have all the answers, but sometimes we just need to sit in the mud. Mm -hmm. We are stuck and it's okay to be there. And it's okay to feel all the feelings and to go through that wave of emotion and and then really think about what are the things that I can do right here, right now, in this place of being stuck. And if there's nothing, I can imagine it different. And that's something I learned from Trevor. That you know, that's so encouraging. And and you know, as you're saying this, you're thinking about you know your career. You did this training. You know, you you were starting out on the the, the you know climbing that ladder. And it just just to hear your words and just to read your posts, even in the MLC, you are helping people in these support groups, you are helping people and you are using the skills that you've learned for your career that was before. Like it's, it's incredible for you to take this and you be in a completely different situation and still, you know, like you're a testimony of the words that you speak out because you live them and, and that holds a lot more weight than you know, someone potentially in, in a white coat and they go on and on and yet their life shows no sign of empathy or compassion or or any kind of understanding, right? Like being told by a textbook is not very helpful, but by being encouraged by someone who actually understands that can change lives. So Yeah, I never ever wanted to be on this side of the desk. <laughs> That's for sure. But boy, now that I'm here, I'm so thankful I have the toolbox that I do. And I'm so thankful that Trevor's learned teachings really resonated with me because of what I had seen and learned and watched the power of in my job. This, this, you know, I thought I'd lost everything. And when in fact, everything was planted and it was just needing to grow. Well, Kim, thank you so much for meeting with me. I really, I, there's no words that I can add <laughs> to this year. Your advice and your life experience is, is inspirational, truly. So Thank you so much, Kim. Thank you. <laughs> Do you want to give a voice to your own story or learn more about the MS Gym? You can check us out at the MSGym.com.